resulting from a difference of opinion. These board members are Enver Dumini, Ravi Nardison and Rosemary Anderson. Now we're told um, that uh, uh, Nardison and uh, Dumini's uh, resignation, in fact, uh, were, were tendered to the Minister of Tourism as well as uh, the board chair, Dr. Aubrey Mthongo. This as uh, the South African Tourism on Thursday defended its proposed three-year sponsorship deal with EPL football club Tottenham Hotspur worth nearly one one billion South African rands. Just on that number, hey, doesn't it also just uh, highlight just how much the rand has weakened, has weakened over the years as well? I mean, that's another sad aspect to this. But I say tourism acting CEO Temba Kumalo said the proposed deal is aimed at attracting tourists to boost economic recovery and would yield 88 billion rands in international spend into the local economy over that period. The deal has been severely criticized by several um, organizations some political parties as well, with uh, the presidency yesterday describing it uh, as, uh, you know, spending so much money in such a way that it would be unjustified. Even though, though, I might add that the spokesperson of the presidency said that they were not briefed on this, but um, they would view this uh, sort of expenditure as unjustifiable. Let's now speak to marketing strategist Clive Simkins on uh, on this particular issue. Clive, it's good to speak to you. Let's and, and, and I wonder if you watched all of the briefing there by the acting CEO of, of SA Tourism. What do you make about how Juan Temba Kumalo uh, uh, approached the matter, right? His posture on the day in trying to explain what happened here. Of course, showing um, his irritation at the fact that documents were leaked to the media, but also just giving, trying to give South Africans a sense of their thinking behind this deal. Yes, Benji, good morning. You know, uh, Mr. Kumalo lost a wonderful opportunity because if he had stood up there and said, before anybody starts condemning the deal, let me give you a broad outline of what we see as constituting the entire package. So, as they often say in legal terms, take the court, in this case, the court of public opinion, into your confidence. He didn't do that. Instead, what he did was he had a hissy fit, um, and everything he said raised another 10 questions. So he failed completely. And there's an, ad, there's an adage in our business which says the poorer the communication, the more rapidly the rumor mill works. And that's exactly what has happened here. It's very difficult, of course, to try and catch up with a leak. Um, and, of course, there, there, was, there were then subsequent reports. It started with the Daily Maverick. News 24 picked up on it. Then there was another from the Daily Maverick again, um, just talking about links that uh, the acting CFO, for example, has with one of the companies th- that are involved here. How might he have used that time better, in fact, in, in, in that hour to, to allay any, any other um, you know, concern or fears? Because people do appreciate why South African tourism exists, what they're trying to do. But given the fact that the, the, the lack of trust really in, in, in government and, uh, you know, between government and, and citizens, anything that is made to seem suspicious would be believed as, as, as suspicious, even though perhaps some may say it makes total, you know, business sense. Look, you know, Professor Michael um, uh, Goldman, who I know Michael, we go back many, many years. I like Michael, I admire Michael. Michael's words on television in an interview and with uh, another radio station 
said that it's actually a brilliant idea because it works up to 300 million a year approximately, which would make much more sense than a media spend. Now, what we have to understand is that when you make a statement like that, we've got to say it is potentially a brilliant idea because we don't know what the actual package comprises of. So, you know, in my days at Green Weather here in New York as an advertising man, we always looked at any advertising campaign and we would say, how much bang for your buck is this going to give you? And what kind of legs does this campaign have? Mm. In other words, how is it going to move on and for how long? Now, when you take a situation like this, let's be realistic. One of the things in advertising that you have to ask yourself first, or in sponsorship deals of this sort, is what environment is this taking place in? Because one of the key objectives in advertising is to rise above the clutter. Now, if you think of a football match, for example, Visit Rwanda is currently sitting on the sleeves of some team players of other teams. You're watching the game, you're hearing a commentary, they're cutting to shots in the crowd, there might be demonstrations, there's an incredible noise, it's a visual extravaganza. Do you really think that reading, if you get to read it, on a rapidly running player, visit South Africa on a sleeve, is going to make you break out your passports and think (laughs) of travelling to South Africa? In my mind, that is utter and complete nonsense. Mm. Mm. There, there were all sorts of interesting ideas as well, I think, as, as we were all weighing in and, and uh, pretending to be experts on, on tourism and, and understanding the, you know, the movement of, of people who come and visit us. One I heard was, uh, why not uh, break it up? We have a lot of visitors that come in from China, people who come and visit from, from India. Why spend so much in one particular market in one way, as opposed to trying to, to spread it across a broader market, also just uh, appreciating where... A lot of a lot of the, the travelers come from you know we don't know what their internal discussions were but what worries me hugely is mr komala making a statement to the effect that they went over to the uk and to do a due diligence well i've never heard that of a, a situation where a due diligence comprises of a small team from that organization going and eyeballing a football stadium or whatever else they did a due diligence is typically a financial exercise which is looked at by auditors and it will be looked at by marketing and by uh, financial experts with a view to saying what is the return on this likely to be you make a very good point in that i don't know why they would have chosen the uk it could be for example given south africa's relationship in BRICS and so on mm. but china might have been a very sensible place in which to try and do something somebody in um, a discussion I heard yesterday said, imagine taking that billion rand and putting it into bringing Formula One to South Africa. You would have tourists coming here in droves, mm. all the petrol heads. So we don't know what that package comprises of. And that was the failure of that press conference in the sense that Mr. Kamalo did not actually take the time to explain the rationale, to explain the key strategy behind it, and to explain what offsets or benefits to South Africa that there would actually be. When he throws around a figure like 88 billion rand as a return on that investment, Mm. that is complete garbage. That's a thumbsuck of the worst order, because unless you are a descendant of Baba Kredo Mutwa, the Swanusi, or you are a descendant of Nostradamus, the prophet, or the forecast and futurist and so on, 
how can you know that that's going to be the return? That's on paper. The reality is, here's a funny and an awful thing. Let us say that this avian flu, which is currently jumping um, from minks, the animals, the little mammals, and that creates another pandemic globally. And we signed off on this deal, and the world goes into shutdown again. Right. Yep. Have they factored that in, for example? I have no idea.